0: You're listening to the Empty Nest Empires podcast, episode number nine. Today is going to get personal. My mom lived to be 90. Both of my parents lived to be 90. And as she lay on her deathbed, now stay with me here. It's not gruesome. It's not gross. It's really a beautiful thing. I, I sat at my laptop and I wrote And I want to read to you today what I wrote. It's a little piece called Walking Mom Home. And really, as the holidays approach next week, I just want to pay tribute to my mom and the legacy that she left me, the empire that she built in the areas of faith and family. No, not money, not financial, but greater than that, really, (laughs) greater than that. And uh, this is really, you know, it's been 10 years, this year actually, and this is still the greatest tribute that I could give my mom. So I want to share that with you today. So hang on, here we go. Okay, your nest is empty, or it will be within a few years. So now what? Whether you know it or not, we are building empires. Empires of faith, family, fun, fitness, and of course finance. And those empires are the legacy we leave for our loved ones. I'm Tammy Romani, an empty nester mom, grandma, and entrepreneur with a vision for ever greater things in the years ahead. It's never too late. And there is no limit to what we can do. I'm so happy you're here. Now let's get to building. So as I mentioned, my mom lived to be 90 years old. Now my mom was a force <laughs> to be reckoned with. She was a spiritual leader, she was a pastor, she was a great preacher. She had me at 40 years of age. I was the baby. I have a sister that's 17 years older than I and then my brother was about 6 years older. And. You know, it's funny because when I talk about her, my sister will say, ah, it's like we had different parents. And I suppose, I suppose that's true. You know, you kind of parent each child differently. By the time I came around, they, they had figured it out, I guess. <laughs> but I, I mentioned that in this piece. But what I want to take you back to, it's 10 years ago, it's Christmas time. My kids had been decorating the house for me because the last week or so was spent at my parents' house, really, as she was in her last days, and we were just waiting. And I would take little breaks and run off and do Christmas shopping really fast, but I didn't want to be gone too long. And then, you know, once the hospice nurse tells you that the final hours are there It's still, you just sit and wait, and you wait, and you wait. And I'd flipped through all the magazines I had, and I just, I never do this. And I don't think I've done it since. It was December 21st, 2009, and I opened up my laptop, and I started typing. And this, I have not edited this. This is what came out of me. And I want to share it with you now because I want you to get a sense of the legacy that we leave in terms of family, faith, and and just all of the pillars that we've talked about. It only matters what you leave behind. And when you are in your last moments of life, that's it. That's what you get. You are pared down to what's important at that moment. So here it is for me. This is called Walking Mom Home. This is hard. This business of watching someone die, really, really hard. But as with all things that are hard, it has its joys as well. Right now I suppose I can't think of any, but I'm sure they're there. My dad went quickly, just over two months ago. We barely said goodbye. Now it's Mom's turn, and the goodbyes seem endless. It's a paradox, really. You want it to be over, but you never want it to be over, for that means your beloved Mom is gone. But I promised myself I would walk my Mom home, and along with my brother and sister and my husband, that is what I'm doing. Sitting for days watching the natural progression of death, or the process, as we have come to know and hate the phrase, causes a person to evaluate life at its most basic level. What will my children be saying to me and about me when faced with this same scenario? Actually, that was the easy part, and possibly the joyous part as well. Aside from some silly quirks that we love to tease her about, my mom was darn near perfect. And I'm not kidding. This woman, born on a farm in the midst of a great flu epidemic, was tough as nails. A self-described tomboy, she grew up in a family of five girls and three boys. Her dad nicknamed her Johnny, and always joyful, smiling, and full of life, She had great stories, and what a storyteller she was. And yet, she was an enigma. By the time I came along, she was 40 and had lived nearly half her life. She was polished, educated, and well-versed in her parenting and pastoring skills. She always said I was a compliant child, so I guess that didn't hurt. But she had this way about her that just made me want to please her. Spanking wasn't necessary. It was the look that made me want to do the right thing and never disappoint this amazing woman of God. I wouldn't be truthful if I said I actually accomplished that, but that's another story. Yes, I was the youngest daughter of a lady preacher. It made for an interesting life, to say the least. She was a tell-it-like-it-is, no-nonsense person who continually believed in her children and their greatness. Some of the most important lessons and biblical truths I learned were from watching my mom. There was the time a man came to the door asking for a handout. We lived in the house next to the church, and everyone knew it. I stood back as I watched her tell the man to sit on the front step while she went to the kitchen and made a sandwich. Bringing it back to him with a drink, she shared Jesus' love in a tangible way, and he was grateful. When I asked her why she didn't give the man a couple of bucks and send him on his way, she told me the Bible says that we could be entertaining angels unaware and proceeded to tell me a story from her childhood during the Great Depression. One of her most vivid memories of God's provision was when her family sat down to eat at a table with no food. After saying grace, there was a knock. The man at the door said he was from a new bakery in town and they were delivering bread samples to the local families. That night the large family gave thanks for a generous businessman. Upon asking around the next day, though, they could find no one who knew of this bakery. It didn't exist. So the family story has always been that an angel brought the loaves of bread that night. For the rest of her life, she never wavered in her belief that God would always provide what they needed. And he always did. Being the daughter of a lady preacher in the 60s and 70s gave me a sense that I was part of the women's movement long before it became the mainstream. I could do anything. There was no boundary that would hold me back from what I wanted to do because my mom had blasted through the ultimate glass ceiling. She was a woman doing the work of a man of God, and she did it well. Her sermons were compelling, her counseling wise, and her prophecies accurate. At home, she was just mom to us and Mrs. J to my brother's buddies, but to the rest of the world, she was a force to be reckoned with. The authority with which mom prayed and preached was not lost on me, even as a young girl. Without saying a word, she taught me about spiritual warfare and the dire consequences of taking it lightly. It seemed that the enemy was constantly on the attack, and she handled each one with a firm grace that defied must have been going on inside of her. I knew, without her ever telling me, that if her bedroom door was closed, she was in prayer. And not the the sit-on-the-edge-of-your-bed-God-bless-you's, either. She was in the fervent, groaning-in-the-spirit kind of prayer that turns God's ear a little bit closer. Her favorite saying was, But God. When things looked hopeless and bleak, she would say, But God. When she would write in her journal about the destruction in the church brought by people with jealous spirits, she would write, But God. When she was discouraged about family members she had prayed for without an answer, she would say, But God. Her faith and confidence never wavered. Ever. So I guess walking my mom home really started when we began our walk through life together. I have gleaned 50 years of experience and knowledge from her. Some I've used already. Most, I suppose, I've yet to draw from. But now, in these final moments of her life, they come crashing through my brain like a flash flood. It's almost overwhelming, the legacy she leaves me. I only hope I can do the same for my own children. And it's dated twelve twenty one oh nine, Tammy Romani. You know, I closed my laptop, and about four minutes later, my mom took her last breath and entered the gates of heaven. And I just want to... Present to you that we all have the ability to leave this kind of legacy no matter the life that we've led leading up to this you can leave a legacy of faith you can leave a legacy of fun family times the stuff that really matters so I hope you've enjoyed my little piece that I wrote 10 years ago would you give me some um, some love and let me know what you think about it. I hope that it's moved you. I hope that it's made you think. And mostly, I just hope that it blessed you and that you enjoy every moment this holiday season with your loved ones. Go build an empire with your family. Go create a legacy with what matters. Love you, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks for joining me today. Bye-bye.